Well, wonderful. It is great to be here tonight and uh, great to be here with all of you. And uh, I am always excited for Christmas Eve tonight, Christmas Eve Eve service. And uh, it is so good to be here with each one of you. How many of this is the first time to be at Radiant Life Church? You've never been here before. We have some guests in the house. Yes, a few here. Uh, awesome. Great to have you. Let's give them a round of applause today. Love it. We have done Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve service for my entire life. Pastor Dave and Kay, our lead pastors, right up here. It uh, has been a, just a tradition and a part of our life and uh, our church. And so thank you for joining with us tonight. Tomorrow morning we'll have church as normal. Our, we're going to call it Christmas Eve morning service, our Sunday morning service. And it's going to be a special time as well. We'd love to have you all join us again if you can. And uh, so once again, thank you for being here tonight. Tonight we are going to look into the book of Isaiah. And in fact, we're going to read the first seven verses tonight and then really focus in here on verses six and seven. Isaiah 9, 1 through 7 says, But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought a contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulders, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle, Tomet and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. When I read these words and I think about human history and life and the issues and the problems and the pain that so often can behold us. In fact, tonight there are probably people who in this last year, and I know a few maybe who have lost someone in their family, lost someone close to them. Something didn't go how you thought it would in 2023, and you come on a night of hope, and maybe you feel, Lord, I need you to show up because I don't feel that hope. And in the first verses here, the anguish, the problems, the, the gloom that was upon the land, only one person only one person can come and change that gloom to rejoicing. Only one can come and dwell among us, be with us. There's something about our God who is Emmanuel. We celebrate the birth of the Son of God, of Jesus who dwelt among us. But that word Emmanuel, you could say it would be the with us God. When you think of Jesus, not just a God, not just a God, not even only the God, and that would be enough, but he's the God that is with us tonight. 
Emmanuel, the one that does not leave us on our own. Emmanuel, the one that did not leave us here while he sat in heaven, but instead was willing to come and to experience life and this earth and to live a sinless life for you and for me. Emmanuel are with us, God. And it's interesting that when we look at these words and we see what it's about, the Lord God of hosts will do it. It is as if it is already done. In fact, that's what Isaiah is saying here. It may not look like it when he's speaking to the people, but he's telling the people of Israel, he's already done it. Just like now we know Jesus came. He already did it on the throne. He already came and gave his life. Church, in your life, in your situation, in your problem, in your victory, whatever it may be tonight, we get to celebrate because it's already done. He's already moved. He's already shown up. God wants to move within us. And tonight we're going to look at three quick things that we can see and pull from these verses. And specifically, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. It is marvelous, and tonight we could say he is marvelous in how he came. Our Savior is marvelous that the Son of God, the one who ruled on the throne, the one who was willing to leave heaven for us, came to earth. And it points this word out, it it makes it a big word, that child, for to us a child is born. And here in the word, and as I was studying what this child, this would be an important Uh, aspect of the word of God, an important word, not just a son, not just a person, but that word child, because child, birth, it's new, it's change, it's life. And when Jesus showed up here on earth, it wasn't just God showing up or just a human showing up, it was this child, change was here. Change comes to our lives when Jesus shows up in your situation. Change comes to our lives on Christmas because of what he did in showing up on this earth. This child was important. Newness and change. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And there, Jesus brought change, but church, I want you to know tonight that God does not change. He is constant. He remains the same. He is still good in your life, just like he was good 2,000 plus years ago when Jesus died for your sin. He's still good for you, just like when Adam and Eve sinned, and there was a whole Old Testament of walking to get to the place where Jesus could come and bring redemption and healing and wholeness to this land. Church, our God does not change, but he sent Jesus to change our situation. And you can stand confident in the God of the universe who is still uh, true and still powerful and still real and still magnificent in our lives. We can rest confident in him that he will bring change to your life because he is the one that does not change. And tonight someone needs to grab a hold of our unchanging God that loves you so much. There's something about the goodness of God. There's something about him moving and letting his son come and be born of a woman, born under the law. In fact, Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption 
as sons. He's marvelous in how he came. Because instead of us being on our own, instead of us in our Old Testament law, he came to bring us and to invite us into adoption. Invite us as sons and daughters tonight. Which means I don't care if you came here alone tonight. I don't care if you feel alone tonight. You are not alone. You have a father that loves you. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And I'm pretty thankful that I have great parents and a great family that's sitting right up here. But I'll tell you what, mom and dad, I'm so thankful that we all have a heavenly father that is perfect and that adopts us and brings us in. He is marvelous in how he came. This child who brings change to our life because of what he did in living for us. There was never a time that Jesus did not exist. There was never a time when he was not on the throne. There was never a time. Hebrews 1, 2 says, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He created the world and then he came to give it all for us. It's marvelous that our Savior would come and die And church, I just want to be sure you are not thinking in a grand way. In fact, on Sunday morning, we talked about how sometimes we can love everyone and maybe we miss one person. I don't want to just love everybody, but I want to love each individual person, right? And tonight, I want you to realize the God of the universe came, Jesus, was sent. He came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross, not just for his church, not just for his people, not for those who would receive him, but he died for you. It's marvelous that our God would come and die for me and die for you and die for every person in this room. Tonight, church, we serve a mighty and a marvelous God. He is marvelous in how he came. Church, tonight, second, he is majestic in who he is. In fact, the rest of verse 6 goes on and it says, The government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We see four things here. We see how majestic he is and in in their day a name was a vital part of their lives. A name was so important. It describes the character and activity of this king. And tonight as we think about our majestic God and who he is. I want us to look at these four names that we see. He's our wonderful counselor. Tonight, maybe you come in the room and you need a God to show up to be your counselor. Maybe tonight you need a wonderful counselor to move in your life. Maybe tonight you are asking, Lord, I need you. In fact, maybe that's why you would come here on a Christmas Eve Eve to say, Lord, I need you to move in my life. My question is, have our eyes been open to the wonder and the majesty of who he is? Have our eyes been open to look to him as the counselor? Not only want to have things fixed or changed or moved in my life, but Lord, have I truly given you control of my life that when you speak, I will listen. When you speak, I will act. When you call, I will simply go where you've called me to go. Church, there's something about realizing he is our wonderful counselor. He solves confusion. He is glorious. He has unfailing wisdom. He is our advisor. He is our teacher. He's all that we need. 
Hebrews 4, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. The counselor makes salvation for uh, very easy to understand tonight. As if we have seen, we can grasp him. We can experience him. But church, we must grasp a hold of who he is and that he wants to move. And are we going to be on the outside and miss what Jesus is doing? Or are we going to let him speak and move and transform our hearts to truly be the wonderful counselor that we so deeply need in our world today? Jesus. He will defeat the enemy and bring peace to your heart and conscience. He is your counselor. The second thing we see is he is our worthy defender. He's the one who fights before you, church. What is he? He's our mighty God, our warrior God. Jesus. Nothing less than God himself. Uh, He's bigger and better than anything we can imagine. And the battle that he fought for us was greater than Gettysburg, was, was more strategic than D-Day, was better than anything that happened in Afghanistan or Iraq. Jesus, when he shows up and moves on our behalf, church, he's our defender. He's our mighty God. He's the one that has what you need. And when we let the counselor counsel us and we let the defender defend us, then all of a sudden I have a lot of things I don't have to be God of in my life anymore. I don't have to rule and reign in my life because I offer myself to Jesus and I let him counsel me and I let him defend me. I let him be the mighty God in my life and I realize, Lord, I don't have the strength or the power or the wisdom. But Jesus, the one who sacrificed, who came as a baby, he has all I need. So tonight, church, could we let Jesus be our defender? He loves you. He's so good. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, church. The empty tomb stood open as a memorial to who he is. And tonight we can know he will defend when we come and open our hearts to him. The third thing we see there, our everlasting father. He's our watchful father who holds your future securely. So often we want to look to the future. and We want to have security. We want to know that we're going to make it. And I'm thankful. I think everyone in the room, we want to know we're going to have enough money. We want to know we're going to pay the bills. We want to know that things are going to happen. We want to know, Lord, let our kids grow up and serve you and honor you. Let all these things happen. We want security and we want safety. We want the little things. We heat our house with wood. And uh, so generally, we only heat our house with wood, which means if we do not have a fire, then it gets cold. And if it's cold outside, which... Last year at this time, it was negative like 20 degrees. It was so cold. How many were here last year for Christmas Eve service? Yeah, if you were here, it was like 53 degrees in this room. Not because we didn't have the heat on. We had all the heaters in the building going full blast. But it was so cold that that's as hot as we could get it. Right, and in our house, if you get the fire going and that fire dies, or if you get the fire going and you don't put enough wood in it before you go to bed, or if you just have a weird night where the fire just burns quicker than another night, you wake up and it could be chilly in your house. And you want to know that you've got security, that you have warmth, these things in your life. And thankfully in my home, I can just put a few more logs in the fire. 
But there's things in our heart. We want security. We want safety. We want to know the future. And when we come to Jesus, when we let him be who he is, when we let him be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our our warrior, our defender, when we let him be our everlasting father, the watchful one who holds our security and future. Church, we live in a whole new way, a whole different perspective of who we are. And church, we can know that Jesus, he has never changed. He's the source and the origin. He's the alpha and omega. In fact, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He has time in his hands. He holds it. Church, he knows what's coming. He knows. He is never caught off guard. A few years ago when COVID struck, guess what? God was not shocked that that happened. He knew, which means that when anything comes, when things come our way, we can know that our God will be with us and walk before us because we may be surprised, but our God is not surprised. Church, he holds you in the palm of his hand. And even in those moments when we don't see with our eyes, we don't understand why or what or when, we can trust God and know that he has us. He loves us. He has the best thing in store for us. Tonight, there's some people I believe in the house that you need to learn to trust your watchful father, the one who holds security for you. He's got you. He loves you. He's majestic in who he is. And the fourth thing we see, peace of his character and activity of who he is, is he's the prince of peace. He's the warm-hearted prince who brings you peace. Isaiah 66, 12 says, For this says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. Our God wants to send you peace. Our God wants to pour out that peace that you cannot have apart from God. When we try to look for peace, when we try to look for that in our own understanding, our own way, we will always fall short. We're not going to have peace because we have one more fun item that is going to break down in our driveway. We're not going to have peace because we have that one thing. If only we had it. If only our house was this. If only our car was this. If only our health was this. We're not going to find peace from the things of this life. We only find peace from our Father. We only find peace from the one who is all things. We find peace from Jesus, our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There's something about realizing that I find hope, I find peace, I find God when I come to him and give him my life. All of a sudden I can experience the power of who he is. And I don't have to walk in a place of unease or of fear, or of anxiety anymore, I can walk in the peace of God. Even when the doctor's reports don't look like I want them to look, I can walk in the peace of the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you. Even when the car breaks down, I don't have money to pay. Lord, why did it have to happen right now? I don't understand, but Lord, I'm going to walk in peace anyways. Even when a family member won't talk to you or for some reason there's a a breakdown, you can have peace. 
you can know that God loves you. He's got you. He is all things in your life. He's your wonderful counselor, mighty God. He's your everlasting father. He holds your future. He is your prince of peace. Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So tonight, my prayer is, as we celebrate Christmas, as we look to him, is Lord Jesus, let us be in Christ Jesus, as it says, so we can walk in the peace of passes, that passes all understanding. For some people tonight, that's my prayer that you leave. And it may not make sense, but you might have came in with no peace. But I'm believing, we're believing that you will walk out in peace. The situation may not even have changed, but when you put your eyes on Jesus and walk in his peace, everything changes. Everything looks different. Church, he's marvelous in how he came. He's majestic in who he is. And he's mighty with what he will do. Verse 7, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. Uh, no end to his peace. No end to his reign. Our God is faithful. Our God is true tonight. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do it. He is mighty, church, in what he will do. And I want us to focus on those last few words. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do it. God is excited to come through. God is excited to fulfill his promise. God is excited to move on your behalf. Which means tonight I don't have to come and beg and plead. All I have to do is come and let the God of the universe do what he already came to do. Let the power of his resurrection move in our life. Let the power of Jesus showing up bring transformation to who we are. He's powerful. He's mighty. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will move. The zeal of the Lord of hosts to bring you peace tonight. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. To know that your future is secure. The zeal of the Lord of hosts tonight is behind him being your defender. Tonight everything you need is in the power of Jesus. He's the God who's mighty and powerful to give you what you need. To counsel you. To direct you. To give you a future and a hope. Michael, if you want to come on back up and Get on the keyboard. That would be amazing tonight. As we turn our eyes towards the end, we are going to uh, let the Lord move. We're going to let him show up. We're gonna, about to do a candle lighting. But before we do, my question is, as we would respond to the Lord, is have we made Jesus everything in our life? Have we given him the reins of our life? Have we made him in our lives our wonderful counselor? Do we come to him when we have a problem? Do we come to him when we need him to show up? Have we made him our mighty God, the warrior, defender? Have we let him be all things in our life? Have we given him and made him the everlasting father and let him hold our future? We don't have to hold it. We let him hold our future. And are we walking in peace because the God of the universe, because Jesus came to this earth, have we given him all things? Tonight, I don't want to miss 
I don't want to miss what he's doing. I don't want to miss how he is being uh, led and how we're being led into him. I don't want to miss what he is doing. And in fact, in verse 5, church, God is so powerful. It says, for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Why does it say that? It's saying there's not going to be a battle anymore. So there's not going to be a need for any of those items. There's gonna, not going to be a need for the, the arm garments of war anymore so they can make a fire with those things. And there's something to understand. The God of the universe has your peace. He's your counselor. He's everything you need to the point where one day we come to the Lord, we walk in the Lord, we walk in Him. We're going to be in heaven where it's perfect, where there's no tears, death, sorrow, or sin. But even in this life, not that there won't be issues or problems, but we get to walk in the grace of God, the mercy of God, the wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. We get to walk in Him today. There's going to be a day where there is no more need for any war or battle in our life, in our mind, in our spirit. But until that day is fully realized in heaven, Jesus already won your victory. He already has bought your peace. He's already done what you need to happen. And all we have to do is come to him. All we have to do is offer our life to Jesus. And he came here to this earth so that we could understand and know him and love him so that we could care for him. He came to this earth, church, so you can have a personal relationship with him. And tonight on Christmas Eve, Eve, tonight as we look forward, and a lot of kids in the room, which they've been great tonight. I, I love having them in here periodically. It's so good. But tonight, they're looking forward to Christmas. As we look forward to Christmas, the question is if we opened our heart to Jesus and let him come and be the Lord of our life. And tonight, if we could just bow our heads, close our eyes, if we could put our hearts in a place of, of prayer tonight. That's what it's about, bowing your heads. It's not some ritual. It's not something you have to do. It's just to focus on him. And tonight, if you're the youngest person in the room or the oldest person in the room, and you'd say, I have not given him my heart. I'm not giving him my life. I've never made him the Lord of my life. And tonight, I don't want to leave a Christmas Eve Eve service. I don't want to leave a celebration of Jesus coming to this earth without making him the Lord of my life, without giving him the reins of my life to be my wonderful counselor, my mighty God, my everlasting Father, my Prince of Peace. If you want to make and give your life to him, you want to make him the Lord of your life, then I'm going to ask you, Everyone's looking around, everyone's praying and just seeking the Lord on their own, in their own spot. But if that's you tonight, would you just raise your hand boldly before the Lord tonight? I would love to see your hand. I'll pray with you. We're going to pray together as a group. I'm not going to make you come to the front or anything. But anybody in the room, you'd say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Right now, be bold tonight. If you do not know him, let's say yes. Thank you. Anybody? Anybody else in the room? Come on. Love it. It's going to give another second. It's the most important we thing we do. Amen. The second thing tonight, if you're here and you'd say one of those four things, I need God to be my wonderful counselor. I need him to be my mighty God, my defender. You have something. You need him to stand up for you, and you, you want to give him that. You, you need him to take the reins of your life, to be your everlasting father. He holds your future. He holds you. And you don't have to be anxious about what the future holds when we walk with the Lord. 
or tonight you just need peace in some area of your life in the same way here in a moment if you are here and you are one of those four areas and I think there'll probably be a bunch of us that one of those would match then I'm going to ask you in a moment to raise your hand if you say I need him to be my wonderful counselor I need him to be my mighty God my everlasting father my prince of peace I just want to pray with you tonight if that's you would you just raise your hand all over this room yes yep yep all over all over tonight yep young to see well seasoned in the room say yes we need him so right now Lord for every person that raised their hand or say I need him to be wonderful counsel Lord I pray that you would come now that you would give wisdom you'd give direction you'd give guidance and Lord help us to say yes to you to follow you to follow your word not our own understanding but you what you would say God Lord to be our mighty God for those who say I need him to be mighty God my defender Lord I pray tonight Lord, that you would stand before them and they would keep themselves under you, in you, in the palm of your hand, not getting away from your protection. But Lord, let us walk in you, Lord, where we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be scared because the God of the universe, our mighty God, our defender is with us. Lord, for those that struggle, maybe anxiety or the future, thinking what is or what could be. Maybe it has to do with a sickness or a problem or just things that have, have been over a long period of time. Lord, I pray tonight that they would be able to relinquish that control, that the everlasting Father, that the one who came, Lord Jesus, to this earth, but that's not when you were born. You were there at creation. You created the earth. You're sitting at the right hand of the Father. Now you've got our future in our hands. Lord, would you let us relinquish control and let you be our true everlasting Father. Lord, for those that need peace tonight, whatever the situation, Lord, would you give peace that passes all understanding? Lord, as your word says, because we're in you, because we stand in you, we walk in you, we go in you. Lord, we need you. We need you, Jesus, tonight. Lord, would you be glorified? Lord, in the, these people, Lord, would you give freedom? Would you give hope? Let us walk into Christmas Lord, not down, but Lord, up in you. Lord, not concerned, but Lord, we've got you. Our counselor, Lord, we know where to go. We know what to do. Lord Jesus, tonight, thank you for each one, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Lord, as we turn to the altar tonight, and then in a few moments, as we turn to candlelight, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would all stand strong in you. We'd burn bright for you, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we go, as we go to families or to, to family situations or gatherings or lunches or whatever things we may have, Lord, over the next week, God, we ask you, Jesus, would you be poured forth from your people? Lord, those four things tonight, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Lord, would you walk with us and would people see something different? Because we're not doing it on our own. We're walking in you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We love and glorify you.